You are listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing. This is the extended version. Normally, um, I am on from 10 to 10.30, but have the joy and luck of interviewing some pretty great people in our community. Would you care to introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Cindy McGee. I'm the executive director for the Night Shield Children's Shelter in West Frankfurt. So the what I've read about the children's shelter is, I mean, there is only one for the whole state or the, the this region? There's, uh, there's a couple in the state of Illinois. What separates us from all other shelters is we're the only shelter in the state of Illinois that focuses on keeping sibling groups together. Okay. So with that being said, that means our age range is from birth all the way up until the child turns 19. Okay. Other shelters will specialize in either only accepting males at a certain age or only accepting teenagers or younger children. But for us, in order to keep those sibling groups together, uh, we have to open our age range and allow it to be from birth to 19, which creates some interesting dynamics for us because uh, we have one facility with uh, both sexes and a wide variety of ages. So when you say you keep the the kids together, do they actually get a room where they live together or they're just in the facility together so they have... It totally depends on the sex of the child. Mm -hmm. Um, If they are of the same sex, we can house them in the same bedroom. Um, All of our kids are in the same hallway. So even if they are... So in the same house, yeah. Yeah, it, they're in the same house, correct. Yeah. They eat meals together, they go on outings together, they go to school together. You know, they, they still remain, uh, you know, we make it as much as a family setting as we can. So as a children's shelter, are you just emergency care, like short-term care? or Yes. Uh, our children, we actually get two different populations. Uh, one of them is children coming into protective custody. What that means is children who have literally been removed from their home today. Uh, so I tell people... When so you, you said you keep the family together, so the other mm-hmm. shelters literally, it's they're removed from their home and then they're separated and sent off. So not only you know traumatically leaving their home, yes. they get torn apart. From each other, correct, correct. And I was an investigator for the state for several years and when you would take those children before the night shield existed in this area, you would be most of the time separating them in different foster homes. Occasionally, you would get lucky and be able to find a relative or find a foster home that was able to take all of the children. Wow. So, um, temporary, how long is, you know, how long is the typical stay or, you know, what's the longest someone can stay in your facility? There is no end. Okay. Um, they can stay there literally until the state is able to find an appropriate placement for them. What is happening now is uh, there's kind of a bog down in the foster care system. There's not enough foster parents. So my children are staying longer and longer and longer. I have had a couple of teenagers remain with us almost for a year. But generally, I mean... The ultimate is to have them in and out of our facility within a couple of weeks. Um, that's more stable for them, you know, get them on track where they're going to be going. However, most of the time, uh, my kids are staying at least three to six months. Wow. Yeah. So, um, I mean, if they're staying that long now, how can you provide enough support for the, you know, 
I mean, you have only so many rooms. You're not. Correct. Uh, I can have up to 14 kids at a time. Okay. And so with the kids remaining longer, um, you're absolutely correct in that. There's you a know, lot of kids who aren't getting services. Right. I, I, if I don't have a bed, then I can't, you know, place a kid. Um, the state works really, really hard to try and find, uh, you know, outside resources. A godparent, for instance, or a grandparent, or an aunt, or an uncle, you know, a pastor, you know, somebody who has a relationship with the child that they can use to, to place that child with. Um, I mean, are you coming across that a lot more i mean because you're keeping kids longer now are you seeing an increased incident of kids needing your services or um actually right now i am not staying full so i do still oh, have I, I, have some beds wonderful. you know um, a little bit wonderful to hear I mean. yeah i mean it just really there seems there really isn't a pattern to it you know there will be times where you are full and uh you do have to turn kids away and then like i said that's when the state gets really creative on, okay, you know, what what can we do here? How can we find a placement? And, you know, and worst case scenario, and they try really hard not to do that, is they will be taking them to another shelter that's out of our catchment area. You know, so they always find resources for them. But um, at times you do have to juggle a lot. Um, you know, they will, you have a grandparent in Chicago. You know, the grandparent drives halfway, the state worker drives halfway. You know, you meet and you exchange the child. You know, there's just all kinds of different things if you work in the child welfare system that you have to get creative to make sure that these kids are okay. Yeah. Um, so what do you do to make it so the kids are okay that in your facility? I mean, like uh, one of the things that we really pride ourselves in is um, we try to make it not a facility. Yes. The building is an old nursing home, but we have turned it into what looks like a castle. When you actually drive up and see our building, the whole front of it is, it looks like a castle. The biggest, most awesome castle I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, it has flags flying on top. It has all of the, you know, uh, pillars and concrete. And the reason we went with a castle theme was uh, during wartime. If you can get inside the castle, you were safe. Pull, yeah. You were safe. You pull those drawbridges. You have everything that you need inside the castle. You have your food. You have nice. your clothing. You have your needs. So we've literally turned the building into a castle. Um, we have lots of fresh paint, lots of bright colors. You know, it definitely does not resemble that of a nursing home. Um, we have activity rooms where you know our children have what your kids have at home, a PS4, an Xbox, you know, um, ping pong tables, exercise equipment. I didn't have any of that growing up. What are you talking <laughs> I about? I didn't either, but uh, my son has had it. Um, I have one at my house now because of him. Um, so, but we do, to, we do try really hard to, to take the building feel out of it. Right. And make it a home. Um, and I, I assume, you know, you have, security and all that stuff to i mean more than just a home would have um really we have what's called an egress doors uh which means that the doors will not open without a key mm -hmm. so that's our built-in security so you can't just walk up and come into our building mm -hmm. and or the kids can't just go to the door and walk out right. um so the doors do have alarms on them and we do have a intercom box you know you're going to have to identify who you are if my staff doesn't recognize you <coughs> to, to get into the building. Mm -hmm. 
So, I currently, what's the youngest kid you have? Currently, I have kids ranging from ages 3 to 17. Wow. Yeah. That's a... That's Big a, age that's, range. That's a family. Yes. <laughs> a, yes. a family yes. of 14. I mean, yeah. from all ages. Yes. So, um... It could be fun too. I mean, you know, I mean, it's now, never boring at the shelter. <laughs> I mean, especially now that you know they've they've you know lived there a little longer. So it, you know, some yeah, of some them. of our kids really settle in and do really well with the structure that we provide. Um, and then sometimes it's a disadvantage to them because then they don't want to leave. Right. And so then if they visit a foster home or somewhere, they'll act out because they don't want that foster parent to take them. They right. want to stay where they're at. Um, and so then sometimes that becomes difficult, you know, because we may be the first stability that this kid's ever had. Right. I mean, typically, what kind of kids do you receive? I mean, you, uh, is we, there anything we, typical? Yeah, and I was going to say, no, I, all of them are different. Um, like I said, we either get them the day that they have been removed from their homes, which, like I said, means they've had a pretty rough day. Um, they are literally removed by a state worker. They are then taken to be seen by some type of medical provider to be checked out for injuries. So they're removed from their home by a stranger. They're poked and prodded on by a stranger. They're then brought to my building where they're told they're going to live with strangers. So um, often... I'm, I'm an adult and I'd be scared of that day. Yeah, yeah. They've had a bad day. And it, it is a little bit more than just having a bad hair day. So, uh, you know, we have to deal with their anxieties and their fear and their anger and their frustration um, and then the second tactic, and I mean, usually, I mean, they've lost everything, not only their family, but they probably don't come with like a, an overnight bag. And- yeah. No, most of the time they literally come with the clothes that they have on their back. Um, so if little Sally normally sleeps with a stuffed rabbit and that consoles her, she's coming to us without that stuffed rabbit. Yeah. So what, what do you need for these kids? I mean, I'm, need anything and everything that you would need to run a house of 14 children. Nobody up, knows how to do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> and up to 40 staff at any given time. Whoa. Um, because I have to run three shifts a day, seven days a week, all holidays. We're like hucks. We never close. So uh, um, yeah, I guess you don't have someone who just lives there permanently. They come for eight hour shifts. Yes, we have eight hour shifts. Um, there is at least three employees there at all times, depending on how many children I have. Um, so if you could just imagine the amount of toilet paper that we go through, you know, like I said, sorry. (laughs) So, yeah. So, I mean, all of those, those things are, are big for us. Uh, you know, if you want to go shopping and buy supplies for us, we use all of those things that you use at home, the shampoos, the toilet paper, um, paper products you know we also have to have the office supplies uh we go through a ton of laundry detergent we have to use a hundred percent juice to meet uh food program mandates you want to give kroger gift cards that helps me you don't even want to think of how much milk we go through um you know so we anybody who supplies a gift card to kroger i use that to buy meat uh milk you know those things that are harder to shop for and bring to us um all of my children have to have new shoes almost every child that comes through does not have a decent pair of shoes shoes have to be new for licensing standards they can't be used so that's a huge cost on us so if you're out and you see a shoe sale 
and you can afford to pick up a couple pairs of shoes, it doesn't matter what size. Because if I don't have a kid that can wear them now, I'll have a kid that can wear them later. Okay. Um, so all of those things will help us out. Do you have an ongoing list like on your website of yes, there I- immediate is. needs? We do, yes. So um, how are you funded? Uh, we do receive a, a contract with the state of Illinois uh, to provide for their children. So you're not funded at all right now? What, actually, we have continued to receive our checks. We are very thankful. Oh, good. They didn't. That's good. Yes. We, I was we like, are. They couldn't cut off the money to the kids. We are looking at a reduced budget. Mm-hmm. So we're just like everybody else. We're a little nervous to see how the budget is going to pan out uh-huh. because it can definitely impact us. Uh, we're keeping our fingers crossed. Um, but right now, like I said, we have remained steady with our funding. Um, but with what they give us, we're not able to, it doesn't pay for everything. Mm-hmm. You know, we, when our kids leave us, we want to make sure they have anywhere from three to five outfits with them, not just that one outfit they came in with. Right. We provide them with school supplies, with a backpack, with hygiene products, uh, with a. So they, now they're leaving with that overnight They're leaving bag. with that overnight stuff. They're leaving with some items that they can claim as their own. So uh, irregardless of where they go, whatever placement they go to, uh, they have their own blanket when they walk out the door. You know, they have various things that are theirs and uh, gives them a little bit of ownership to something. What do you think is the most inspirational part of doing what you do? Um, I have been in child welfare for over 25 years. Um, I always tell people I don't know a whole lot about a whole lot, but I know child welfare. Um, I was one of those kids. I grew up in an alcoholic home. Um, Both of my parents were alcoholic. Three out of four of my grandparents were alcoholic. Um, I actually completed my master's degree in substance abuse. So it's a field that's very, very um, personal to me. Um, I always tell my staff, a lot of times the kids will repeat the cycle. You know, don't get discouraged because there's going to be that one that doesn't repeat the cycle. And you never know when you're going to touch like the next Billy Graham is the example that I use. A couple of years ago, I was in a down spot for me personally because child welfare is very, very hard. I would think it'd be really hard, especially, you know, you're just bringing the kid in and then leaving immediately. It is. You know? it is. So I was like, you know what? I, I don't know that, that this is worth it anymore. I don't know that we're making a difference. When I was at a meeting, uh, Johnny Logan, and I had a lady come up to me and um, she said, do you remember me? And I'm like, nope, I don't. <laughs> You know, and long story short, she's currently the executive director um, at Family Counseling Center in Vienna. And um, she said, you rescued me when I was 13 years old. Wow. You were the one that came into my home. You were the one that... You usually don't have people come back and you, thank you. You usually don't. Because it was and, a traumatic time of their life. She's right, like, <laughs> right, right. And she's been very open. I mean, the reason I can share that is she has been very open. She's been fighting Springfield over the budget you know, doing all kinds of things, telling her story. Um, and so, you know, if I don't impact another life anywhere, I know I impacted that one, and I know that one is impacting hundreds, what? you know. And so there's there's those stories out there. You know, I know the people who impacted my life. I'd like to think, you know, I'm impacting a few others out there, you know. So um, there can be changes. 
So, you know, the, the state funds you partially, but how do you get the, the rest of the money? The rest of the money is all done through private donations, through fundraisers. So we could, ha- we could help you do what you're doing. Anybody can help me do what I'm doing, whether it's a $5 donation or a $5,000 donation, you know, and all of the amounts in between. Well, um, right now you're actually giving something away if someone gives money. We are. Right now um, we've got a pretty significant fundraiser going on. We have teamed up with... Is this your first time doing it? or Our first time doing a car raffle. We are doing a car raffle. We have teamed up with uh, Iconda and Volkswagen dealership in Marion. Right now we are selling 1,000 car raffle tickets. Uh, we're only selling a thousand of them. They are a hundred dollars a piece. Uh, right now, we've sold roughly 350 tickets. The drawing will be in January um, for whoever sells the winning ticket. So, if you don't have the money to buy a ticket, we realize a hundred dollars is a little bit of money. Ooh, I could sell some tickets. If you sell tickets, hey, and- anybody want to buy a ticket from me right now? Right now? Right now? No. <laughs> and if um, they can actually go to our website and purchase a ticket, say that you sent them, I will put your name on the back of the ticket. And if one of your tickets win, you win $1,000. Well, I really need the car. I just blew the transmission on my car. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's we think it's a win-win for everybody. Somebody's going to win a car. Somebody's going to win $1,000 for selling the winning ticket. And if we're able to sell the 1,000 tickets, and we really do need help selling the 1,000 tickets, yeah. uh, if we're able to, to do... To what date is it? January 21st is the drawing. Okay, so um, and you have to sell a 1,000 tickets to get enough money to, well... Nope. No? We've already met our limit. Okay. So if I don't sell another ticket... But then you won't make, we make won't any make money near to, as much. to be right. able to run your programs. Right. If we can sell the 1,000 tickets, we'll make enough money to meet all of our expenses for one month. Okay. Whoa. Only a month. Only a month. It, it takes a lot to, you know, you have all of the needs that the kids have. You have all the payroll to pay mm-hmm. the employees, um, you know, the electricity, the water, you know, all of those type things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, we will make enough money t- for one month. Okay. So uh, again, that's a hundred dollars towards a car mm-hmm. and the money goes to you. Yes. I mean, right now, anybody who buys a ticket now, a hundred percent of the money goes to you because you've yes. covered the expense of yes. getting the car. Yes. And a hundred percent of the money goes to you to support the children. Uh, mm-hmm. The children. Yep. So, um, and like I said, and they can do that on our website. And so, um, people can donate, you said supplies. Yes. People can donate money. Can yes. people donate time? They can. We do use volunteers. Um, if you want to be a volunteer, you need to be 21 years of age. You have to pass all of the same background checks and urine drug screens and all of those things as my employees do to actually be in the building and around the children. Uh, volunteers are very, very crucial to us. They help in a lot of different ways. Uh, if you are somebody who enjoys doing laundry, I have enough laundry for you. Does anybody? I don't know. I'm trying to find somebody out there who does. <laughs> I enjoy doing dishes, so that's okay. kind of a weird one. But, yeah. So I'm sure there's someone who enjoys doing laundry. Yeah. I like to smell laundry afterwards, but mm-hmm. it's like, <laughs> um, what you do is a big deal. It is a big deal. It, it takes like, a lot to, to keep the staff going, to keep the kids going. I was actually surprised to hear that, you know, there really isn't children's shelters. I mean, it's, it's, it's a rare phenomenon. 
It really and is. And then even more rare, you said, to have it where the kids stay together. Yes, yes. And so, um, I mean, th- does that make it a lot harder to place them? If you, I mean, um, the state is the one that's actually responsible for placing them. We just house them until they find that placement. Uh, you know, they try really, really hard to keep those siblings together. So they could still place them separately. And there are times that they have to. Okay. You know, I mean, if they just really cannot, you know, I mean, if you have a sibling group of nine kids. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, unless you can find most of the time, unless they could find a relative who's willing to take them on, you know, most of the time you're not going to find a foster parent who can take on that many of them. So so there are times where they do have to be separated, but we can at least keep them together during that initial trauma where they are being removed and so that they're not losing, you know, uh, all of that at the same time. Now, you, you said there's a shortage of foster people out yes, there yes who who would i contact to you know talk and find out more about you know about being a foster sure. person yeah if you're wanting to be a foster parent you really need to do some research on some of the local agencies where you live and figure out what agency you want to become a foster parent with like for example around here you have caritas uh, you have Lutheran Social Services. You have the Department of Children and Family Services. So go just Google it, you know, for Illinois. Do some research. Determine what agency you think is the best fit for you and your beliefs and what you want to accomplish. And literally just call that agency. They will be glad to hear from you. Um, all of them have training courses and, you know, different application processes. But all, literally all you got to do is reach out to one of them. So I guess I should talk to them about what the requirements and stuff are cuz I mean to to know that there are kids who you know you know don't have a home and don't have a, a family that's amazing to know that there are people who do that and so yes I want I want to give kudos to the foster parents who absolutely. do it and absolutely and anybody who's interested in doing it yes now's the time to Get serious about it. Absolutely. Um, Anything else you want to cover? We covered a a lot of ground about a lot of of serious stuff. How long has the Night Shield been in operation? We opened in August of 2009, and we have had over 1,200 children come through so far. Whoa. Yeah. So what did the kids do before the Night Shield? I mean, Uh, Before that, I mean, you know, sometimes they had to be taken out of the area to a shelter, you know, if state couldn't find a family member or, you know, somebody else or a foster home. they can't just be in a regular shelter, I mean. No, correct. No, it has to be licensed by the state of Illinois specifically for children who are in the child welfare system. Because, um, I mean, I guess there are kids in shelters, but they're there with family. Correct, yeah. correct, yeah. But no, all of our children have been removed from their family okay. because of abuse, neglect, or abandonment. Do they ever get back with their families ever? I mean, Sometimes the they do. Sometimes they do. Um, it is totally up to the legal system at that point. You know, what the judge determines those parents need to do to be able to gain custody of their children back. But there are times where the children do go back home. Okay. So... Um, I guess, again, reiterate how people can help. Yeah, like- I mean, there's just so many different ways you can help. Uh, cash is always good. Uh-huh. Uh, we will, like I said, use that 
either to uh, for a need that the child has, for me to pay for a staff person to take care of them, you know, something at the building. Uh, one of the, the big things about the shelter is we are debt-free. Uh, there's not too many organizations that can say that. So if you are donating cash, it's not going to go towards a building payment or something like that. Our building and stuff is paid for. It will literally go for to take care of the kid in the here and now or something that they need. Like I said, all of the supplies from juice to toilet paper to laundry detergent. And to, you said uh, there's a list on your website. There is a list on right. the website um, to any type of gift card, you know, whether it be for Kroger or Walmart. Like I said, a lot of times my kids need shoes. So if I have a Walmart gift card, I can go buy that pair of shoes. We like to take our kids on activities. So any um, gift cards for AMC Theater, Pizza Hut, McDonald's, Dairy Queen, you know, we try to use those things for rewards. Um, the, the Science Center now has uh, free Thursdays. So okay. they, yes. they, they just started doing that and, you know, they get a lot of people there and a sure, lot of kids and sure. it's, you know the kids have a lot of fun cuz yeah i brought my little there okay. well, yesterday so okay. it was cool. like a pretty bu- busy time so i th- i don't know how long they're going to extend that but at least till the end of the year okay so, cool yeah so um again we're talking with Cindy McGee from the Night Shield and the Night Shield is a children's shelter for kids who are removed from their families in, yes. in emergency situations. Yes. And so um, thank you very much for what you do. And thank you. we'll figure out ways to help you better. So um, if you, if people want to, um, well, donate money or have the chance to donate money for the car. Yes. Um, just go to the nightshield.org, right? So. Yes. All right. Thank you very much for thank coming you. on. And you have been listening to Your Community Spirit, the environmental social talk show that's normally on from 10 to 10.30. You've been listening to an extended version of that. This is Ord Energy Mon, and I will see you again on the radio next week at 10 a.m. Stay energized.